Today's very special emergency edition of the Bill Simmons podcast brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You know, the Spurs have a very high IQ. They knew it was time to cut bait with Kawhi Leonard. They did it. Uh, when it comes to hiring, you don't need a high hiring IQ. You just need ZipRecruiter. Their powerful technology scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience for your job. 80% of employers are posted on ZipRecruiter. Get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Meanwhile, SeatGeek, the best app for buying and selling tickets to sporting events, concerts, and more. For $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase in any game or sporting event, use promo code BS. I used SeatGeek last weekend to go to the OutRock Hollywood Bowl Fiesta. Last minute, great experience as always. There's a nice green circle for the seat I wanted that told me it was a great deal. I got it. Download the SeatGeek app or go right to SeatGeek.com. Don't forget to go to TheRinger.com this week. We are doing a greatest trailers thing, trying to figure out the greatest trailers of the last 30 years. You can vote. It's fun. It's a good argument. I still love the social network. That's on there. Uh, we have pieces about the new movie, Eighth Grade. We have pieces about the Kawhi Leonard trade that we're about to talk about with Kevin O'Connor. We're going to call Shea Serrano. We're going to call Joe House and my dad. And it's going to be a Kawhi extravaganza. Who won this trade? What does it mean? How does it shake up the NBA landscape? But first, Pearl Jam. All right, we were taping this 9 o'clock a.m. Pacific time. I was actually up last night. Kevin O'Connor is here. Shea Serrano is on the telephone. We'll get to them in a second. I somehow was up when this trade happened. I watched a World Series of Poker. I was a little bit wired. I might have <laughs> snuck into my daughter's room because she's away for soccer and played an hour of Fortnite. <laughs> and then I was lying in bed, and I literally checked Twitter at 1.30 in the morning and Shams and Woj were in a bomb war on the on this Kawhi <laughs> thing. And my first reaction was, wow, that's a pretty good trade for the Spurs. And that's where I've landed since then. KSA, we'll get your take in one second. Shay, you woke up and this trade had happened? Is that what happened? That is correct. I fell asleep last night watching Super Bad, as one tends to do. Yeah. <laughs> and when I woke up this morning, I had 600 messages on my phone. KOC, same thing? Pretty much. I've, I've heard about the trade from your text. That was the first thing I saw. I was oh, jeez. Like, it. 9 a.m. <laughs> it was like Popovich's last act of revenge on everyone. He's like, I'm not giving this to you at 2.30 in the afternoon. You're going to get this in the middle of the night. You're going to wake up and have to scramble without coffee and all this stuff. So Kawhi now, un I mean, there's so much to unpack. I want to talk about the biggest superstar for superstar trades ever. I want to talk about who won the trade, all that stuff. But just fundamentally... I, my first big takeaway, Manu is the last one left standing from that last finals team. I think the odds on this would have been 100 to 1 four years ago, right? Shay, Manu is the last one standing. This is unbelievable. Yeah, this is not how it was supposed to go. It was supposed <laughs> to go Tim first, which we saw. Yeah. And then after that, three years later, it was supposed to be Manu at the end of 2019. And then at the end of 2024, it was supposed to be Tony. <laughs> And then Kawhi was supposed to carry us. To, through the 2020s. 
Easily, yes. So what happens? You've thrown out all your Kawhi stuff. You have turned your back on him. Are you in the house when he returns with the with the Raptors to boo the hell out of him like everybody else? What, how does this play out from a Spurs fan standpoint? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a nasty night. It'll be fun. I mean, part of me is like, okay, Kawhi won us the 2014 championship, so you have to be appreciative of that. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, that comes with it when he shows up for that first game in San Antonio. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a nasty environment, very similar to when K, uh, KD showed yeah. up the first time in OKC, and they had like the giant cupcakes were all around, <laughs> yeah. and everybody had t-shirts. Like it's going to be like that, not like a nasty, nasty, like literally just a mean thing, but it'll be fun. I will say the Spurs fans have an extra nasty gear that OKC fans I don't think have. I think Truly. I think that Spurs fans they can go to another level. KOC, tell me this take is wrong. The Spurs just traded the fifth or sixth best player in the league who didn't play last year. And Maybe he was the third, third, even. Well, I, I downgraded yeah. him a little because of the, the injury of wrist stuff. For somebody who played crunch time in the All-Star game in February, who was eighth in the MVP balloting, who is in his prime, who is somewhere between the 10th and 13th best player in the league, and they got Jacob Pirtle, and they got a protected first-round pick, I feel like this was a huge win for the Spurs. Plus, DeRozan under contract for three years. Is this the best they could do? Yeah, I think based on the fact that they didn't want a pick space package, certainly. I mean, like you can disagree with that. Uh, I would rather have had a future-focused you know, type of deal if I'm the Spurs, but based on what they desired, this is a win for them. Because you imagine DeRozan under Greg Popovich winning their system. Maybe his play gets elevated to another level. Because, look, DeRozan... You know, he's in his mid late 20s right now, but there's still room for him to grow as he has each, even each of the last three or four seasons as he's entered into his prime. There's still room for him to get better. It's a great deal for the Spurs considering the circumstances and a no win situation. Yeah, I feel like he is somebody that every summer works hard to either add something to his game or improve something to his game. There's no, he's not going to decline. At the, at the very least, he'll be a 23, five and five guy like he's been the last couple of years. He's, Somebody who can play in crunch time. Shay, I know it's a bleak, yes, it's a bleak day for you. I just want to point out it's not. you have two all NBA guys on your team, two current reigning all NBA guys. Only 15 guys make the all NBA team. It's a 30 team league and you have two of them. I, I feel like this is a triumphant day for San Antonio. This is a very good day for San Antonio for two different reasons. Number one, the one you're talking about, we've already, 10 minutes after the news came out, talked ourselves into DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, there it goes. In a couple of years. We've got, we've got Chip England. Chip England would teach him to shoot the three. Yeah. He, he taught Tony to shoot the three. He taught Kawhi. We're fine. We're good there. And yeah. and then LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan, two of the most dynamic personalities in the league. Oh, wait, not at <laughs> all. But kind of there. fits in with the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. And, you know, and Shane mentioned Chip England being able to help DeRozan as a shooter. DeRozan started off last year shooting the ball really well, then he fell off. But the one thing that he continued doing well last season was playmaking. He improved yeah. drastically as a passer. You know, before when he just pull up for mid range um, in the past, last season he started to look for, you know, cutters or he kicked it out to three point shooters. DeRozan became a better player last season, turning 28 years old. And maybe now in San Antonio, maybe the next step is, as Shea said, improving that three point shot under the guidance of Chip England. I thought 
Yeah. I thought it was really unfair how it played out for him for a, where his place in the league is standpoint last season. Through February, he was an MVP candidate. He was, I, I actually ended up voting Oladipo over him for second team on NBA. I put him third team on NBA. Yeah. But it was close. Yeah. And Oladipo was somebody who was the best player on a team that went toe to toe with Cleveland. But, you know, the, the sweep against Cleveland really kind of flipped people on him. And all of a sudden, when it with the last two weeks when there were rumors Toronto was involved, nobody was like, wow, they're trading DeRozan. <laughs> the attitude was more like, eh, Toronto, time to blow it up. It was a yeah. blow it up team for you. Yeah. They fired Dwayne Casey and they basically late last night traded their best player. But I actually think he's a little undervalued now because, you know, it's we see it in Boston with Al Horford. You, people pick apart the stars, but there's really not a lot of stars. You know, DeRozan, let's say he's the 12th best guy in the league. This is the entire league. There's 30 teams. I don't know. that. I would much rather have that than the Zaire Smith, keep my fingers crossed for the Miami pick. I also don't feel like that's the Spurs way. Like Pop has two years left. Do you think that was part of the shape? Pop's like, I'm not going down as a rebuilding thing. I want to compete. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody knew Pop was leaving. I mean, he's supposed to be gone in like 2020 or something like that. Let's load it up and let's let's fire two last shots and see what happens I mean, for sure. F- I'm excited. You know what I'm excited about? The big knock on on DeRozan, and I'm guilty of this too. Is like we just talk about how the Raptors fall apart in the playoffs. I'm excited to see what happens when he's in a spot where we're where they're known for not doing that. Like, does <laughs> everything change when you've got that reputation behind you now? Yeah, it's a 47 win team adding one of the best scorers in the league. Yeah, last three years. Yeah. 24.5 points a game, 46% from, from field goal percentage, 84% from free throw. He's actually a good closer. I call him the coolers, yeah. the end of the games, the guys who can come in when you're... Dr- draws a lot of fouls. Yeah, when you're sure. up three yeah. with a minute left and you need you, you just need somebody to get foul go to the line. Last three years, eight free throws a game attempted. I love guys that get to the mm-hmm. line. So he's KOC... A, he's a him and Aldridge together, he's never really had a pick and pop guy like this. What do you see with with the spacing and with those two? And like, if I if I'm defending that and everybody else is cleared on the other side, what does that look like? You know, it'll be interesting. I think with San Antonio, right? They were one of the most mid range heavy teams last season. They were kind of the one team zagging, or everybody else was zigging to shooting more threes. Uh, I wonder if they stick with that. And you know, now that you have another kind of mid range base player like DeRozan, <laughs> yeah, uh, or or maybe you're stretching those guys out and trying to push their games, you know, to the three point line. I think. You know, San Antonio is always going to ball movement, always going to be motion based offense. And and that's why DeRozan's ele- evolution last year was so exciting. Right. Elevating his play as, as a passer, you know, he improved early on as a shooter. And maybe with San Antonio, again, that that gets to another level playing alongside someone like Aldrich, who, by the way, I mean, another guy kind of underrated here. Yeah, uh, he was an all NBA guy last year, a borderline MVP candidate, the way he carried San Antonio into the playoffs um, without Kawhi Leonard. He was remarkable last season. It was one of the best seasons of his career. Um, granted, he's a little older now. I'm excited. I'm excited for the San Antonio Spurs to see how how some of their younger guys develop alongside two stabilizers in DeRozan and Aldridge. DeRozan was third team All NBA in 2017, second team All NBA in 2018. It's really kind of crazy that, and I and I do believe in part of this. Like it does matter that they got killed by Cleveland every year. Like that's yeah, that's part of you when you talk about DeRozan. That's got to be in the first paragraph. 
at the same time, LeBron's made eight straight finals and he's the second best player of all time. That series against Toronto last year was a little closer than a sweep. I think we remember the last game and it just seems like Toronto quit, but like that first game, Toronto should have won. They just completely choked it away. That was something game else. three was came down to a, was game three, the buzzer beater. Yeah. Game three, one Oh five, one Oh three Cleveland won that one. Yeah, that was, yeah, that series was a sweep, but it wasn't like, you there, know, like there when, wasn't three for 12, eight points in that game. One of the reasons why people soured on him. Yeah, not great. <laughs> not great. great but great. I was feeling real good for a minute. <laughs> sorry, sorry Shay. That's why, that's why I'm here, Shay. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a weird Toronto team. I didn't love the way Lowry played last year, and I thought he looked out of shape. And if mm. anything, I thought Van Vliet was better for them during the regular season in some respects. In the playoffs, Van Vliet had the classic, I've never been in the playoffs before. I didn't. I think he'll be better this year. But uh, just the Ibaka, Valanciunas, like it just the pieces never really totally fit. And as the season went along, they had that pivotal game in, it was either in Cleveland or in Toronto on the Friday night when they're up 30 and they blew it. And it felt like they were never the same after that. I do agree with the philosophy of Toronto to, to, at least take a risk. And we can talk about that in a second, but I still think like getting to Rosen, how many two guards are ahead of him right now? Not many. Harden. Harden, Harden a two guard. I consider him a one. I mean, really a guards, a guard. Yeah. I mean, in his role, sometimes he's a point, sometimes Pure, a two. Yeah. Harden, Old Depot, whether those are one, yeah. one slash twos, yeah. whatever. And then it's like all the other two guards and that we're, we have to be forgetting somebody. Are we forgetting somebody? All the other twos are basically are like specialists. It's funny because there's not a lot of quote unquote pure classic two guards anymore. DeRozan's kind of a throwback player, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, somebody that can create shots for other guys. He's the thing I always liked about DeRozan is he reminds me of guys I grew up watching. Like he was like a 70s, oh. 80s kind of guard yeah. where the three point, he didn't really care about it. He wanted to get to the line. He wanted to get like instead of the 20 footer they were giving him, get the 17 footer. And just a really smart player. He killed the Celtics. I mean, he he kind of models his game like that as well. I've talked to his uh, trainer, Chris Farr, a couple of times for articles the past two years about like Durazen's footwork and, you know, something about improving his shot last summer and playmaking last summer. And, you know, Chris Farr has always said, like, you know, he, he is Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant were the two guys that he models his game after. Right. And you yeah. can see it on the court. The footwork the, thing. The footwork and yeah. the moves that, you know. That that's his style. It's that '90s, early 2000s brand of basketball as an ISO scorer. It just so happened that instead of sticking to that, he, he expanded and modernized it a little bit last year. And, and maybe that gets turned up now with San Antonio with their system. I, I the Spurs have to be excited about this, knowing like how good DeRozan is, considering he improved every year. You know, there's no complacency with his game. Um, maybe now there's an extra kick. There could be more to his game in San Antonio. It's all still all about the shot, though. I mean, and he needs to improve defensively as well. Um, he's not bad he, defensively. Sometimes he's fine. Sometimes he's average. He can be fine when he wants to be. Yeah, uh, and maybe again in San Antonio's defensive defense first culture, maybe you bring him into that, and he becomes a more consistent defender. Shade chip on his shoulder. San Antonio, the entire city yeah. has a chip on its shoulder. Mm. This is great. Yeah, it feels good. You know what this feels like? But you remember that movie, The Beach? Yeah, with Leo. Of course. Okay. Okay. So in the beach, they like they they find this exotic island that they all live on. Everybody's having a great time. That's the, that was the Spurs before. And then there's a shark attack. Two brothers get attacked by a shark. <laughs> one of them ends up dying. The other one gets really, really wounded. Right. And 
after they bury the one dead brother, the other one is just sort of laying there miserable. And the whole rest of the island is like just waiting for him to hurry up and die. And nobody will do anything about it. And they decide like, we can't take this anymore. They just take him and basically they leave him in the forest, in the rainforest or island forest, whatever you call it. They take him and they drop him off. And then they just walk away. And immediately after that, everybody feels better because he's gone. <laughs> That's what it feels like right now. We we dropped Kawhi off all the way to Canada. Papa's like, hey, you want to go play in L.A.? Awesome. Have fun in Canada for a year. And here we are. Like, it feels good right now. There's like a, several versions of good that we're feeling. It's pretty comical that that uh, he wanted to go to, you know, enjoy the beaches of L.A. in December and January. Now he's in Toronto. Toronto's a great city, though. And maybe maybe Masai Ujiri and the Raptors can feel like he's going to have a whole country behind him for um, this next year. Toronto's a, a great place. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. It, but it's just the opposite of where he wanted to go, which is a very pop thing to do. I joked on Twitter about... Uh, Pop saying enjoy Canada with a gif of him laughing. And <laughs> I'm sure a couple of Canadians got upset because the Canadians are very touchy. I love Canada. I just thought it was hilarious that Kawhi was like, I want to go to LA. And Pop sent him to <laughs> so Pop sent him to the coldest city in the entire league. <laughs> it's the exact opposite of Southern California. Oh yeah, LA sounds great. How about Toronto? <laughs> Bring a fucking jacket, Kawhi. Yeah. Uh we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. Let's take a quick break to talk about Gillette. Gillette, headquartered in South Boston. I went there recently, a couple months ago. Saw the plant, saw them painstakingly make their awesome razors, saw the robots, saw the technology that has impressed NASA, saw all the razors lined up over the last hundred years or so and how the razor has evolved. It's really impressive. It's one of the great products we have. I use... What do I use now? I think I used a Gillette Fusion 5, but I've had a beard for the last, I don't know, five, six months, but I use it to shave the surroundings around it. I don't ever get neck zits from it. I use the, the sensitive skin shaving cream as well. Look, everybody's different. Gillette offers a variety of shaving products for every guy, regardless of personal style, skin needs, budget, whether you want three blades or five, the Gillette 3 and Gillette 5 razors have you covered all under $10. What a bargain. It's high performance at a low price from one of the most proven companies that we have in this country right now. Get Gillette Performance delivered to your door. Find Gillette 5 at GilletteOnDemand.com. Subscribe today. All right, we're back from break. Uh, KOC reminded uh, reminded me during the break that Clay Thompson, awesome yeah. two guard. But the list of the old school two-way can score and defend type of guards, uh, not a long one. I have a question. Are we sure Kawhi Leonard isn't a little tiny bit overrated right now? So uh, here's here's the resume. 2014 <laughs> goes toe-to-toe against LeBron, right? Uh, 15, 16, 17, all defense. First team. There's only three years. All NBA first team, 16. All NBA first team, 17. Does not play last year. We have no idea what his state of mind is. We have no idea how injured he is. We have no idea where he's playing next year. And he's, and by all accounts, seems super focused on, on uh, moving to LA. KOC, my question, 
have we seen the best of Kawhi Leonard already? I mean, it, it at least has to be mentioned, right? It, it's very possible. And this is part of my argument for why the Lakers should resist trading Brandon Ingram and some you know heavy package around him for Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Because you don't really know how to value the player right now. A, he's coming off a season in which he played only nine games, and it's not just a one-time injury. The injury happened first happened in 2012 to his opposite quadriceps. Yeah. Then it came back in 2016. Then, obviously, it derailed his 2017-18 season. Don't know if that's going to be a problem going forward. So you get that. You have the L.A. contract situation where he's a one-year deal with a player option for the following season, and he has eyes for Los Angeles. Yeah. And, and then it's the fact that you got to give up something nice. If you're Philadelphia, Boston, or, or the Lakers or Clippers, Toronto was a team that they were in a position where they're like, you know what? Screw it. We can take this gamble because we're not going anywhere anywhere the next two years. This is a one year gamble and maybe longer on a guy who, at you know, the last time we saw him at his greatest health was second or third best player in the league. Is he overrated? Maybe he's overvalued right now, uh, but the variant, the, the, the upside is there for him to be the second or third best player in Agreed. the league. It, 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 but the problem is like, you might be actually trading for the 20th best it's, if he's not the same anymore. It's a super volatile asset, I guess is yeah. my point. I Listen, I think he's one of the two best perimeter defensive players I've ever seen in my life. I was so impressed two years ago that they could run the entire offense through him. Amazing. I do not think he really enjoys or likes being the face of a team. And I do not think he likes or enjoys all the stuff that comes with being a franchise superstar on and off the court and dealing with the media and <laughs> the, a level of transparency that we've just come to expect in the in the 2010s, the era of social media. Here's what I'm doing right now. Here's me working out. Here's he, what I ate. He never posts. Here's anything, me in a concert. Really. Yeah, he just wants no part of it. He's he's. I wouldn't say he's a weird guy. He's just an intensely private guy. Shay, you're kind of excited to see him go, like removing all the bitterness of the basketball thing. Other than the actual on-the-court basketball, not that fun to kind of have in your life, right? No. it's a, It was always a different version than what we had with Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan's, like, Tim Duncan's quietness was charming. Yeah. It felt, <laughs> it felt uh, purposeful and meaningful when he didn't talk you know that was like the thing with Tim if you got if Tim tapped you on your head on the way to the timeout it was like the biggest compliment you could get well it felt it like, felt that like that sort of thing was charming it felt like a choice with him because you could tell yeah, the exactly. teammates loved him and you could tell he was the emotional center of the team at all times and I would I whenever I wrote about Duncan I would always write about coming out of timeouts he'd always have his arms around guys he was like the, yeah, the big brother yeah. And I never thought I've Kawhi was always this kind of detached, uh, almost like one, like a tennis player or something. This only child tennis yeah, player. That's kind of like, I'm here. And, you know, so you it's saw that felt the same. It's never felt the same with, with Kawhi. Yeah. I just have a lot of questions about, can he be the face of a franchise consistently? Um, can he stay healthy? Where's his head at? Why is he so obsessed with LA? Why did his personal life get so wonky the last <laughs> nine, eight, nine months? He has this agent that represents basically no other players in the league and an uncle who's running his life. And it just seems like there's some baggage. So when I look at the trade from Toronto, you know, clearly they wanted to get out of either Lowry or DeRozan's contract and do a pseudo Hail Mary. Yeah. If it doesn't work... Well, Lowry's an expiring deal the next year. Kawhi leaves and they just blow, Abaka leaves, they blow it up and rebuild. They have all this, whatever. I, I, I really like the idea of Kawhi in Toronto. I think 
you know, Kyle Lowry's always been one of the more charming guys in the NBA. It's going to be funny to see him standing down next to to Kawhi. Yeah. Um, it's going to, you know, it's going to be like, it's going to be like in that movie, Big Hero 6, when the kid was friends with Baymax, the robot. Oh, yeah. It's going to feel yeah. like going forward. Um, I think maybe what might end up happening, best case scenario, they do really well. And then we end up with what we saw in OKC with Paul George when everyone was expecting him to leave to L.A. after the year was over. And he was like, no, I had a great time. This is where I belong. Maybe that happens in Kawhi. Maybe Kawhi's icy cold demeanor fits in perfectly in icy cold Toronto. So I I was talking to a friend today who advanced this theory. Here's here's my counter. I think Westbrook, there's like a cult of Westbrook that you get caught up into. I know that OKC fans are going to turn this into a dig. It's not. <laughs> I think you go there, and it, especially after Durant left, Westbrook won the MVP, and it's a little like what happened in LA with Kobe last century, last decade, where it's either like you're either for Russ or against us, and we're all for Russ, and fuck everybody yeah. else. We did have a for Russ <laughs> and against Russ article. Yeah, and we and the Ringer was like that <laughs> yeah. too. That was a Ringer slack. But I think you get caught up in that and it gets to the point where Westbrook's shooting 43 shots in a do or die playoff game and nobody on his team is like, what the fuck just happened? Why did he do that? That He killed us. People are like, that was great. I love playing with Russ. I'd love to come back. I think you get swept up in it. Toronto doesn't have anyone like that. You're not, there's no cult of Kyle Lowry. You know? Are you sure that wasn't a dig against Russ? Hey, was that Shay? You decide. Was that a dig against Russ? Yeah, it started out pretty great, and then you stuck the knife in there. Yeah. <laughs> that was a butter knife. Yeah. No, but Shay, you root against OKC. There is like a cult of Russ, and Paul George by this summer was like, "I love Russell Westbrook. I'd love to keep playing with him. We're going to throw a party together to announce my resigning." It's like what? But I, I, he takes a lot of pressure off dudes, and I wonder if Kawhi, that's ultimately his destiny as as a player. He doesn't want to be the guy with all the attention doing all the superstar stuff, but would love to be next to the guy who takes all that off him and just plays basketball. It's not going to be like that in Toronto. That's for sure. He's replacing the greatest player in Raptors franchise history that who just was the star player of their greatest teams in franchise yeah. history. There's a lot on his shoulders when everybody knows, everybody in the league knows that he, he or at least his circle wants to be in Los Angeles. Um, but if you're Toronto, like you got to, Take, I mean, you're taking the risk. It's a one year gamble, and maybe you weren't winning the title. Toronto has a, yeah, is it you weren't, and now you have a guy who has higher upside than DeRozan and anything else you gave up. And maybe Toronto has a fantastic fan base. That crowd is unbelievable. Maybe after one year there playing, you know, high level competition, maybe you make a finals run, even or an Eastern Conference finals run, seven games. Maybe Kawhi gets swayed like Paul George did. You never know. There's a chance of that. Um, having an entire freaking country behind him. That's, Kind of so hard to say no to that. I'm glad you brought this up. This is Toronto's best chance to keep him. Toronto is the new girlfriend after the old girlfriend where it just went bad and he needed to break up and there's just a <laughs> lot of bitterness and he had to go when she was at work, he had to go over there and get his stuff out. And now he kind of ended up with Toronto. He doesn't really like it, but Toronto's like... We love you, Kawhi. You know, some, sometimes... Hey, come with, come to us. Be the hero of Canada. Sometimes with the relationships, it's not about that early <laughs> spark. It's about something that develops over time. Yeah. Maybe with Toronto, it can be that. Yeah. Shay's throwing, throwing out... Shea, I'm no, keep, I'm, I'm throwing a movie at you now. <laughs> no, you, you, you've well, done two you gonna movies. Throw, are you going to say Casino? Are you gonna say <laughs> no. Casino? Oh, Casino's a good one. <laughs> no. 
I was going to say that one when he's like, love can develop. Just marry me. Like that's what, that's what Toronto's trying. Oh, that's pretty good. I was going to go with the vanishing. I've never seen that. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, Kiefer Sutherland, Sandra Bullock disappears. He spends Hmm. three years trying to find her. And then the cocktail waitress Uh or the diner waitress, he ends up dating her, but his heart's not really in it. And that's kind of where Kawhi is right now, but eventually they end up Mm. together and that might be how Uh this plays out. I don't think Kawhi's heart is going to be in this right away. I'll be really interested to see. What if he just says, I'm not going? Is that in play, KLC? Uh, well, the, the Chris Haynes report earlier today that said he's not about playing in Toronto. Chris Carter the other day saying Kawhi Leonard will not play in Toronto. Yeah, uh, there'd be fines involved uh, if, if that were the case, if it were to come to that. It's a tax hit for him, Shay. No, no tax in Texas. And then Canada is like one of the highest income taxes Anywhere. Um, Shay, DeRozan yeah. doesn't seem like he's totally uh, over the heartbreak of Toronto backstabbing him after Toronto claimed they weren't going to trade him, and then they did. And just his feelings seem hurt. He might be listening. It's possible. We have a lot of people listening to this podcast. Do you have anything to say to DeMar DeRozan? <laughs> Do you have a little one-minute spiel for him? I think that his feelings should be hurt. He was betrayed, and that will never happen to you in San Antonio. <laughs> you come here. This is where you build a career. We saw it with Tim. We saw it with Dave. We saw it with Manu. Come here. Be beloved forever. You don't have to win a championship right away. You maybe don't even have to win a championship at all. David didn't win one until Tim showed up, but we loved him because he tried every single night, and that's all we need. Come home, Damar. Come home. That's pretty good. Any last words for Kawhi Leonard on his way out the door? <laughs> yeah, have fun in Canada. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking about this is the decade of player empowerment and people deciding where they're going to go and what they're going to do. And the players basically taking control of the league from the teams. It's funny that both guys reacted so badly to the trade. Like, how dare you? I do. I didn't get a say in this. It's like, welcome to basketball. This yeah. has been happening uh, the entire time we've had the NBA guys get traded. They don't like it. They don't know what's going to happen. It's a cruel business. It is a business. We saw it last year with Isaiah Thomas going from $100 million to getting shipped out to being damaged goods to signing a $1.5 million contract in a year. And it was just funny, like, the attitude of both guys, like, how dare, like, oh, my God, they they told me they wouldn't do this. It's like, yeah, this is... This is basketball. He'll get over this, right, KLC? Of course. Blake Griffin signed a five-year max contract with the Clippers. They put on a whole presentation for him and then shipped him out. Uh, Masai Ujiri is the guy who uh, re-signed Nene to, to a deal and traded him about six months and a day after he was, he was able to. Um, it should be expected uh, that, you, that your time is going to run out in a new situation. DeRozan will get over it as soon as he's playing for San Antonio and Shea Serrano there on opening night and all the Spurs fans welcome him with open arms as like the, the, the new star player of the team. He'll fall in love quickly, I think, in San Antonio. Shea, here's your team. DeRozan, Aldridge, Pau Gasol, Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, Bellinelli's back. Jakob, Bellinelli, baby. Jakob Pertle. Pertle's pretty good. Dante Cunningham, a little sneaky, is like an 11th man. Manu. Lonnie Walker, the fourth. They're saying he's the best of all the Lonnie Walkers. He's definitely better than the so. other three. I'd say so. Deontay Murray. You just described Bertans. the third seed. The I, third seed in the MB, in the Western Conference. That's the third seed right there. Well, here's the other thing. And and Shay, we'll leave on this note. Not to not to turn this into a Spurs party. 
I don't think the Rockets are going to be as good as they were. I don't think that's a controversial no. statement. I think there's a real case to be made that they their window might have been last year. And everything went right last year. They won 65 games. They had the perfect kind of team to beat the Warriors. They're catching the Warriors in this weird kind of emotional malaise, whatever was going on. They take them to, they're up 3-2. Chris Paul gets hurt. Now he's a year older. He's got this giant contract. You know he's going to show up out of shape like he always does. (laughs) Harden coming off the MVP season. They lost Mamba Amute. They lost Ariza. They're probably going to end up with Carmelo, who's they're they're just not going to be as good defensively. Capella's going to be pissed and he didn't get the same contract. So you have that whole thing. I just don't think the Rockets are going to be as good. Now, are they still a top five team? Yes, but I don't think they're a sixty-five win team anymore. So you have that. You have the Warriors now doing something that is now impossible. Where you know it might be five straight finals for them. Bullseye in there on them the whole time. Guys coming up for contracts next summer. There's some. You know, they're still freaking loaded. Boogie Cousins coming in as a cancer. Like there's there's, there's some tiny, small, tiny red flags for the most talented team we've had in the decade. Lakers with LeBron, nobody around them. They're a year away. It's all, it's all LeBron. The door's kind of open for a veteran, smart contender who knows what it's doing and is well coached <laughs> and has two all NBA players. It's This isn't unrealistic. No, you, uh, you, you, uh, you talk me into the Spurs winning the title. Uh, they're twenty to one. They're twenty to one right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Listen, with, no? the, with the Spurs for for as long as I can remember, the only thing that the Spurs fans have been interested in is a winning a championship, and we're pretty sure we're not going to do that this year. Or B beating Houston or Dallas in the playoffs. Those are the only two things we care about every year. Right now, as the teams are constituted, we will play. Houston in the playoffs. That will be our finals. And we have a chance to beat them now. Were we playing the Rockets from last year with the team that we have today? We would definitely get the doors blown off. But with all of the weird trades that the Rockets have made, we can beat the Rockets. That's what we're rooting for right now. That's where we're headed. And there's one more possible, you know, there might be one more move for them. They have guys on one-year deals. They have contracts to patch together. Now they have Perto and Murray and they have uh, Lonnie Walker and two picks in 2018. Derek White, another young player. Yeah, they, solid point guard. They can potentially make a move to steal one more all-star type caliber. I don't think they're going to win the title, but I do the timing of this and the fact that they decided to go sideways versus just doing for the future makes me wonder if they think the West is open. It could be open in two years. Or three years, and, and at that point, DeRozan will be thirty years old. Um, Aldridge will be mid thirties, uh, so that's concerning. But um, yeah, rank, I, I, rank were, your Western teams: Golden State one. Do you still we, have Houston two? Are we talking right now, like today? I'm just going into the season, like yeah. most likely for you to win the West. Golden, Golden State, State one, Houston, Houston still two. Yeah, Houston still two. Uh, that third spot, uh, Utah, San Antonio, San Antonio Utah. Put a OKC in there maybe as well. San Antonio, Utah, OKC. Yeah, that's that's. Is that our top five? I think so. Yeah, I think the uh, Lakers have to be in there. Just the body work. Lakers with, at five. Yeah. I, I still don't trust the Thunder. I don't trust them either, but I do think dumping Carmelo and having another year of everybody there. Rob, I actually Robertson think they'll be better back and everything. Yeah, people feel like OKC was a failure last year, and they were. But they still won 48 games. It felt like they completely underachieved. I think that's a 50-plus win team. Yeah, I think I put them three, maybe Lakers four right now, San Antonio five. 
Or, but then again, I feel like I'm underrating Utah. U- Utah's got a really good team. You get Donovan Mitchell coming back one year better, one year more experienced. See, I think, the, good team. I think the West is better this year. I, I don't even think that's a controversial statement. No. They've dispersed the wins of Golden State. Had, yeah, yeah, Golden State had 60 wins. Houston had 65. Houston's not winning 65 again. The Lakers go up. I think Utah goes up. I think the Spurs tread water and they're right around where they were last year. And then uh, OKC, I think, is slightly better. It's a loaded conference. Like we were saying last year was a loaded nuts. conference. I think that I think that it's better this year. They, the especially now, you're adding DeRozan. Kawhi did nothing last year. You're adding LeBron. We didn't even mention Portland or New Orleans, who have you know two two star back uh, backcourt players from See, Portland. I, and Anthony, I know I know they're not like legitimate contenders, but in terms of the strength of the conference, I'm worried about New Orleans. The signs are there. Uh, yeah, the signs are there oh, for the February for the February Davis trade rumors is kind of mm-hmm. lurking now. Um, Shay, congratulations, man! You did it. You're back. I'm so excited. You're back. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, so long. Uh, we will be back. Uh, KOC and I are talking right after this break. Let's talk about Wink. Here's a task. Pick out a wine you love, but it has to be one that you haven't had before. Where do you start? Introducing Wink. W-I-N-C. Wink. Makes it easy to discover great wine by shipping wines that are personalized for you right to your door. It's the best day of the month, all starting at just $13 a month. All you have to do is answer a few simple questions in Wink's palette profile quiz like, how do you take your coffee? How do you feel about blueberries? On and on and on. You finish it. Wink sends you wines curated to your taste. The more wines you rate, the more personalized your monthly selections each month. Delicious new wines like the insanely popular Summer Water Rosé. A favorite of my wife. She likes the rosé. Well, she likes alcohol, but she does love rosé. No membership fees. Skip any month. Cancel any time. Shipping covered. If you don't like a bottle, they'll replace it with one that you will love. Discover great wine today. Go to trywink.com. T-R-Y-W-I-N-C.com slash B-S. You'll get $20 off your first shipment. $20. That's trywink.com slash B-S for $20 off. All right, we're we're gonna call House in a second just to talk about the greatest superstar for superstar trades that we've had. There haven't been a lot. I was shocked. I did all the research today. Let's talk quickly, KOC, about the teams that did not get Kawhi. I think you and I are aligned on this. If I'm Philly, I don't think I can win the title this year. I'm not going all in for somebody who might not stay. What do you think the best Philly offer was? I'm I'm not sure what the best offer was, but last I heard is that Fultz even wasn't on the table. Yeah. Um, and if that's the case, obviously not going to get it done. And even if Fultz were on the table, maybe San Antonio isn't into him after, you know, because you don't know how to value him either. Um, I'm not sure there was a deal that made sense for Philadelphia because they're in a position right now where they can, they're going to be a really good team for the next five plus years at least or l- much longer. Um, and taking that risk on Kawhi could have compromised that. Uh, whereas so you think they- like Covington, Sarich, yeah, in the Miami 2021, like and, and they were weak. like, yeah, we're that's good. Weak. And yeah. the same with Boston, really, too. Like, they didn't put Jalen, even Jalen Brown on the table. So it's like, w- w- what really is the offer? It's it, it's not it's not strong for San Antonio, which is probably where, you know, Boston isn't in a position to take that risk. Philadelphia wasn't either. And then there's Toronto, a team that can gamble, that needed to gamble, and they were the team that, that took that risk. I don't think Boston was ever involved. 
I think the only way they were involved is if Smart was involved with the sign and trade, Morris expiring, and the future picks. And, and, I don't think they had any asset on the table. And that might have been what it was, because yeah. uh, shortly after the Kawhi deal happened, there was reports this morning from Woj that uh, Celtics and Smart were talking extension for a four-year deal between like $40 million and $50 million. So it, it's funny little coincidence that comes out after the Kawhi deal happens. Oh, I don't think that was a coincidence. I think the... I, yeah. It's very suspicious that they were very hands off with Smart there for two and a half weeks and let him talk to other mm -hmm. teams. I think he was their chip for Kawhi. Yeah. And if the Spurs had said to them, we love Marcus Smart, let's figure this out. I think the deal would have been Marcus Smart, Marcus Morris, and probably that Kings pick. Maybe the Grizzlies one. I don't know if they go all in like that. It's a great what if though, because- if they had gotten Kawhi without giving up Jalen Brown, Tatum, or Hayward, they could, they could have put out one of the most bizarre lineups in the history of the league. Four, basically four, six, eight guys and Al Horford. Mm -hmm. And like, what the fuck would that have been? That would have been yeah. like watching five Spider-Men. That would have been something else to see. Yeah. So I, Boston was never in it. And I, I am with you. I, that my same instinct and some of my intel was that it, smart was the chip. If that was the offer. Uh, do you think do you think San Antonio made the right choice in taking the the proven All NBA player under twenty eight year old Demar Derozan rather than like a let's just say it was a couple more picks than you said like let's just say it was the Kings pick and the Grizzlies pick and like one other pick it was three first round picks I don't think I don't think Boston would have done that if it were they had no it, oh if they could have gotten Kings and Grizzlies and Smart you that's think you think, easily the best and, offer. and that's why I, I I would agree that probably wasn't that because then I think you would take that future. Uh, well, now that package. the last time we talked about this, we talked about the double draft and we thought 2021 had a chance, but then we got well, intel last week that it's now 2022. It, that, that, that's what I said to you. Like, yeah, I was like, well, right. it could be, but it might not be. And, and now we're finding out that it might not be at all. It could be 22 or 23. And if, right. if that's the case, then suddenly that 2021 pick, it doesn't, it doesn't still decline. Valuable. It's still valuable, of course, because it still could be that year. But um, it seems like the odds of it being 2021 are a little bit less than when we when we talked about it last time. So you would rather have DeRozan, Pirtle, and a protected one and get rid of Danny Green over Smart for like four years, 40, four years, 45, Morris expiring, and let's say the Kings pick next year. I think I would because that 2019 draft isn't that great. Uh, there's some nice talent up top, but the fact it's top one protected, which means you're not getting R.J. Barrett, the best prospect in the draft. Uh, yeah, I think I'd rather have DeRozan. The, the, the 2019 pick is good. It's just it's valuable, of course. It's a high draft pick, and there's going to be good players that, that exceed expectations in college this year, but the draft isn't great. Weirdly, that trade helps the Kings pick a little for the Celtics because – there was a chance there was a chance that the Spurs, you know, might have just sucked this year. And now you're putting a team that is top six caliber yeah. in the West. And it's just a gauntlet for the Kings. Kings um, are the worst team in the West. And then the other one that that passed up was the Lakers. And I think you were you and I are aligned on this. I I don't think they could have won the title next year with just LeBron and Kawhi and a bunch of young guys. I would not have put Ingram in the trade. I really like Josh Hart. <laughs> they, they, I mean, they did a great job 
they did a really bad job with the lottery picks, the way it's worked out the last four years. But the Hart Kuzma picks, and I like Hart a lot more than Kuzma. And, and it's Fee McKayluke at forty seventh pick in this year's draft. He was yeah. shooting the lights out, and not just off the catch, but like off the dribble too. And you like Mo Wagner too, right? I'm, I'm a big Mo Wagner fan. Yeah, <laughs> he, had, he had a good good uh, summer league before. He had the little knee injury, the knee contusion. I thought Josh Hart was good last year, and any Laker fan I knew who talked about or thought about the team rationally, um. All of them were like, why are they, why do they play KCP over Josh Hart? This is mm-hmm. idiotic. Josh Hart should get all of the KCP minutes. Hart should be in the starting conversation. Absolutely. Year, uh, in terms of a fit alongside LeBron James and Brandon Ingram, uh, I think Hart makes a little bit more sense to start rather than KCP, who's a notoriously inconsistent shooter. And who the coach didn't like. And, you know, not a good shooter. Last year, he shot 38% from three, and the Laker fans are like, well, you shot 30 It's like, just look at his whole career. First of all, 38%, you know, that if you miss five threes, that's 36%. The entirety of his career, he's like a 34% three-point shooter. A lot of those are wide open. But Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's a 34.5% for his career from three. So I just feel like you can, his career shooting the ball. I just feel like you can find those guys for $2 million. Bucks. I don't need to pay $12 million for KCP. What I do want is Julius Randle on my team, and I think they should have kept him, and they really screwed that up. All right, House is calling. All right, Joe House is on the line. House, we've dissected this trade for the last 45 minutes. Uh, KOC and an ecstatic Shea Serrano. What was your gut reaction waking up this morning to this trade? Uh, my very first gut reaction was, this is so petty. I couldn't enjoy it more. <laughs> I love the you, you. I saw uh, after I saw the news and started going through the Twitter and everything, you posted a, a GIF of Popovich doing the wave to, to, to Kawhi on his way to Toronto, the, the apparent pettiness. Now, I know this didn't have anything to do with any of the decision-making, but on the face of it, oh, Kawhi, you would like to go to Los Angeles? How about you try Toronto <laughs> this winter, my friend? Because that's where you're headed. Do you, I love that. Do you rooted against the Rose in the Eastern Conference, as did myself and KOC, who's now an atheist with the NBA, because he has to cover it. <laughs> I, th- I think the Rosen's really good. Is it unfair? We thought it was a little unfair that he that his entire career is now characterized by these LeBron ass kickings. What did you think? I agree with that uh, sentiment. I think he is really good. I have been uh, enamored of him since he signed that huge contract because the very first thing he did after sign was go to the gym. All of the social media and and, uh, genuine media reports about him and his dedication to his craft and his dedication to keeping himself fit, all of which followed the signing of the contract, are so uh, 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 impressive to me. And he went out and kicked ass both seasons. He, more than any other player, really pulled Toronto up into that upper echelon of the Eastern Conference from my way of thinking about things. That's how I feel, too. I, I thought he was... I just didn't think Lowry was that good last year. And he really did seem like he was playing himself in this shape as the year went along. I like DeRozan. And I thought Lowry was pretty good. I, I wouldn't say that I didn't think... No, for I mean, him. I, I mean, I, yeah. I just didn't think it was his best year. I didn't think he was bad, but I, I didn't think it was... But you know, I went to the All Star game in February, and Demar was in the in the closing crunch time lineup for one of the two teams. Like that matters to me. I was we were saying to Shea, Aldridge and DeRozan both made All NBA last year. 
There's 30 teams in the league. They have two of the top 15 guys. The Spurs are kind of back with a chip on their shoulder. Pretty good. I mean, pretty good haul. I, I was uh, wondering whether they would get Anunobi as well because that would have been really the, the, the star of the trade. I was impressed by uh, Pirtle. Is that how we say yeah, it, KFC? Pir- Pirtle. Pirtle? Yeah, Jacob Pirtle. I was impressed Pirtle by him, too. Yeah. Yeah. I liked him. I actually he, thought he should have played more. I, I didn't love him in the draft, and he's totally exceeded my expectations. See, he's turned into a good player already, a good contributor. And it's like, so, there were times last season for Toronto you would rather have had him on the floor than Valanciunas. He moves. KOC he moves great. Do you, House, you realize KOC roots against anybody he didn't have high in the draft? <laughs> like, well, that's, that's the KOC pettiness. So if Pirtle had a herniated disc, KOC would be secretly like fist pumping, like, yes, another one for me. Uh, it's good to be wrong when it comes to drafts. It's, it's, it's always a learning experience. <laughs> um, we love this trade. I, I just, I love superstar for superstar trades. We're going right after this break to talk about the greatest star for star trades of all time. But first this. Let's talk about Miller Lite. Here at the Ringer, we have our disagreements. We're going to argue about this Kawhi trade all year. Should the Spurs have done it? Should the Raptors have done it? Should some other teams have done it? You've just heard us talking about that for a while. Look, there's no debate about one thing. Miller is the great tasting light beer with only 96 calories. 3.2 grams of carbs, that's fewer calories and half the carbs of Bud Light. There's really nothing more to talk about. There's no no fifth piece about who won the trade or what does this mean for the... That's it. These are the facts. If you have a real argument, let me hear it. Until then, stick with Miller Lite. Miller Lite, the official beer of me in college, by the way. Miller Lite, hold true. So I did a little research... Talked to uh, an anonymous NBA friend who knows this stuff. (laughs) Went through my Hall of Fame pyramid to try to figure out. Did his name rhyme with Whalen? (laughs) No. Um, Oh, okay. uh, Went through my Hall of Fame pyramid, the 100 guys and all the honorable mention guys on my revised list that I have not released to, and went through each person and see if they got traded. Here are my biggest star for star trades ever. And then we can decide where this ranks. Number one, Jason Kidd for Stefan Marbury. Hmm. That was the house. Remember when that happened? That was a fucking nuclear bomb. Kidd was like, Kidd had made first team all NBA the year before Marbury was the best young point guard in the league. That was a shocker. It was a shocker. It's funny to hear it though, number one, because I can't get the, the taste of Steph and how his career turned out yeah. out of out of my head or out of my mouth. Exactly. It's not a great taste. Well, let's see. I'm trying to think who the equivalent of Steph now would be for a trade like that. Like, Dame Lillard's almost, like, too old. He's 27, 28 now. Dame Lillard's yeah. probably a little too good, too. Yeah, Steph was really good. Steph, Steph was... How many All-NBA teams did Steph make? Well, I'm just saying that he was 22 at that point and was considered to be, like, the next guy. Okay. You know, yeah. so whoever yeah. the point, yeah. who's the point guard equivalent of that now? It'd be somebody in like the 2004, maybe like Devin Booker. I was just going like to say Booker. Him. Yeah, yeah like Devin Booker, Booker yeah. a year from now. Yeah, yeah something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Devin Booker, if Devin Booker like made an all-star team. Number two, going way back here, Dennis Johnson for Paul Westfall. This was a, a great trade because they had just played in the playoff series. DJ was the 79 finals MVP. Westfall for four straight years, I think he made three first team All-NBAs and one second team All-NBA and was coming off that run. 
And they were basically the two, two of the three best two guards in the league. The other one was George Gervin. That was a bombshell 40 years ago. I remember going to school the next day and nobody gave a shit because nobody cared about the NBA. But that 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 was like the closest for like just star for star, same position that I can remember. You're not with me, House? Yep. Forty years later, people also are having that same reaction. Yeah, I'm just trick. giving you star for star. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't you know? It, it it we're at the the point we've we've heard two trades on this list, and and what this real this is really uh, pointing out is there are not very frequent superstar that's, for superstar trades in the NBA. That's where I'm going with this. Looking looking back at that, yeah. as someone who wasn't alive at the time, Paul Westfall only played one year in Seattle. Yeah, and, th- and then he went to New York, and, and his, he got hurt. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. And DJ ended up getting traded two years later, so that yeah. one didn't work out either. Kid from Marbury worked out incredibly well for New Jersey. They made the finals two straight times. All right, number three on my list: Sean Kemp for Vin Baker. Vin Baker. So wow. here's another wow. one where, in the moment, was a monster deal and worked out terribly for both sides. Sean Kemp became one of the worst contracts in the league. Cleveland ended up sticking him to Portland. The Vin Baker part of it goes to Seattle, does really well for your mix and all-star team, meshes with GP, and eventually starts having a ton of off-court problems, mm. becomes an alcoholic, and dumbass Chris Wallace trades for him in Boston a few years later and <laughs> ruins our yeah. ruins we, multiple teams. Two guys with, you know, kind of basketball tragedies, not necessarily life tragedies, but like yeah. neither one really realized the true potential. So House and I did not have a podcast. Or I don't even know if I had a column during the 96 finals. We might have had an hour and a half long phone call about Sean Kemp during the finals at one point. This is a fact. We both loved him. I could not have loved him more. We actually, I think there's a case to be made. He was the best player in that series. Michael Jordan did not play well in that series. Kemp was like a freaking beast. And then they signed Jim McElvain from House's Wizards. And uh, everything fell apart. All right, number four on my list. A trade near and dear for... To Joe House's heart. Oh, no. Only the opposite of that, because it's near and dear to his rectum. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Chris Webber for Mitch Richmond. Well, I, I thought it was going to be Gugliata. No, that uh, doesn't count. You had to throw him picks for that. Okay. Yeah. Um, House was Hall traumatized. Mitch Richmond. Yeah, House was traumatized when this happened. We did not Hall have a podcast back then either. Yeah, you got, you got Mitch Richmond at the tail end of his prime. And gave up somebody who immediately became one of the best like five players in the league in Sacramento was rejuvenated. That that didn't work out. I don't know how it could be possible that there was more marijuana available in Washington than there was in Sacramento, (laughs) but somehow that's what happened. Number five. It's amazing that see what's crazy about these trades is that they worked out terribly for one of the two teams. Here's another one. Kyrie for Isaiah Thomas and Mm. a bunch of other stuff. At the time, Isaiah Thomas, second team All-NBA. Kyrie had not made the All-NBA that season, but was a year removed from finals and being a hero. And that one worked out terribly, obviously. Now we're going, these are honorable mentions. Dave DeBusher for Walt Bellamy. Ended up winning some Knicks titles. Walt Bellamy, uh, 20,000 points for him. Ray Allen for GP and Derek Mason. House, who threw in a first-round pick in that trade? Milwaukee or Seattle? Uh, I, I, I know it was Milwaukee. Milwaukee threw in a first pick in that trade. Seriously. It's one of the worst trades of the century. <laughs> Unbelievable. Ray Allen and a first pick for um, almost washed up Gary Payton, who left within four months. Adrian Dantley for Mark Aguirre, famous trade. Uh, two 20-point scores. 
Yeah, like that could have been number one. That was a pretty good one. Well, Guire was never really the same after the trade, which is why, which is okay. Why download it? T Mac for Steve Francis. That was a good one. Steve Francis not as good as it seemed like he was in the moment, but at the time was considered a star. Bernard King for Michael Ray Richardson. Talk about a uh, wow. lot of cocaine in this trade. Like just a <laughs> lot, lot of stuff going on. Uh, <laughs> the Knicks actually signed Bernard King. So this is a pseudo trade because they signed him. And then uh, Michael Ray was the compensation. And he went to Golden State, which was cocaine central for the NBA at that point. Needless to say, did not go well for Different Michael times. Ray. Did not go well <laughs> for him at all. Allen Iverson for Chauncey Billups, both on the other side of the mountain at that point. But a really good trade for Denver. They almost made the finals in 09. And then the last one, Dominique Wilkins for Danny Manning. Danny Manning goes to uh, Atlanta and leaves. Dominique goes to the Clippers and leaves. Nobody wins. That's, unless there's one I'm missing, those are all the star for star trades. This one has a chance to be one of the best ones Dude. ever. Maybe maybe the best. I mean, we're, it depends on what Kawhi Leonard is. It's like we talked about earlier, Bill. If Kawhi turns into that third best player in the league, and DeRozan continues making improvements. Maybe it's a, it's a deal that's mutually beneficial for both sides, but uh, it could easily end up Kawhi Leonard's not the same guy. Um, and this ranks down down the list if he leaves in 12 months and goes to the Lakers or the Clippers. Um, but it's it certainly has a chance to go up there. I'm surprised you had Kyrie for IT at five ahead of some of the other ones. Um, well, I was just he IT was a second team on NBA, took a team to. Eastern yeah, Finals, fair, like it, in the moment, it, it, was a top 10 guy. It's amazing how few there are this yeah. century, really. A lot of those are from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. House. Have you guys already covered? I have one one question. Yeah. Uh, for this trade. Maybe you guys have already covered this. Yeah. The thing that I'm most interested in, most excited about, has me sitting on the edge of my seat and will be this way all the way up until Christmas. I hope there's a Christmas present. <laughs> what is Drake capable of? Oh. That's what I can't wait to mm, see. We didn't talk because about this. Because if, if Kawhi is even, if we get 85% of the Kawhi that he was before last year, what does does a Drake recruitment look like? <laughs> what does Drake trying to show Kawhi what Toronto has, all of Toronto's positive attributes? Jalen Rose has, has been on the record many times on this podcast extolling the virtues of the T-Dot. Yep. What is Drake capable of? That's my question. So we talked about this a little bit earlier, not the Drake part, but the Toronto, fantastic basketball city. Only one basketball team in the entire country. They are completely overboard with the Raptors to the point that there were a couple of LeBron games there when he took over and the crowd just died and got the that shining, Danny and the shining look to them. Um, the... The combo of the love from the crowd, Musayu Harry, who's like a genuinely great guy, and is that definitely there's something magnetic about him. And then, uh, and then Drake, maybe they pull him back in. <laughs> maybe Drake. Like, do we Drake. know any? Do we see anywhere in, in in Kawhi's social media that he's a Drake fan? Like, what if he's already a Drake fan, and Drake pulls him under his wing and shows him the Drake life? I think Kawhi listens to Yacht Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is, if Michael McDonald did, did, Michael McDonald would probably a better bet for him. Maybe yeah, maybe Drake signs Uncle Dennis's son to a to a Steve. recording contract. Now we're talking, my friend. I just found out that LeBron's buddy Randy, you know how he's how he's got that group from high school. 
Yeah, Randy is his, his, his childhood friend. And Randy worked for the Cavs in the Heat. Oh, really? And now works for the Lakers. <laughs> Do tell. Yeah, that's. I just, I, I, you know, you take care of the family members and the players are happy. So maybe, uh, maybe Toronto takes care of a couple of Kawhi people. Uncle Dennis, or help out. I the Drake factor here. Interesting. I have not heard the Drake is the key to this trade take yet. You never, well, never, that's, never that's know. That's the house take. All right, so we went through all those greatest star for star trades, which in every case worked out badly for one of the two teams. House, who does this work out badly for? Toronto. Mm, I'm on that side. And here's the reason. His leg isn't 100%, and he comes back, and he's cautious, and he's not ready to push the limit. Now, the thing that that makes this – so intriguing is we've never seen Kawhi at any moment in his t- entire career dog it. He only plays one way. That's eight, that's ham. That's hard as a mother. He's always going hard. Um, and you know, I, I expect the same thing. But if they're if he's tapping the brakes for any reason because of his leg, and he can't psychologically let himself commit to his basketball game, then it's easy for me to see him just biding his time using next year to reintegrate into competitive basketball and then jump over to the Lakers next summer. Here's that, the th- that, that would be the scenario under which it would go bad for Toronto. Here's the thing though. If he does that and I'm the Lakers, I'm not going near him. Eh? There's too many good free agents eh? next year. Guess who's a free agent next year? Clay fucking Thompson. Jimmy Butler as well. I love Clay Thompson and the Lakers, and I, I do not think that can be discounted, especially if they win another title. His dad, still with the Lakers, just the L.A., grew up here, perfect sidekick for LeBron. They had him. They had other things. And if they keep all these young dudes, at that point, you keep all the young dudes. Like You're riding with the young dudes. You want to add the one veteran. Like What if Ingram and Hart and – what if Lonzo's good? What if this team, what if this Lakers team is like good and there's a nucleus here and you don't really need to add the, take the flyer on Kawhi. You just add, you just want to get somebody sturdy who you can trust. So he's like, oh, we get Clay Thompson. Here's what he's going to do. He's going to make four threes a game. He's going to play defense. He's not going to need the ball. He's an adult. We don't have to deal with <laughs> Uncle Dennis. Like we don't have to worry if his legs hurt and all this stuff. Let's just get Clay Thompson and we're good. Funny thing is, is before this all of the Uncle Dennis Kawhi Camp stuff happened, it's like you would have talked about Kawhi and Clay as two of the most low maintenance superstars in the league. Right and now, now the conversation has changed. Clay's the low maintenance guy, and Kawhi is one of the most high maintenance stars. All of a sudden, it's funny how that flipped in just a couple of months. Really, you know um, why that flipped? Because. Kawhi feuded with his teammates, um, <laughs> didn't go to playoff games, mm-hmm. acted super weird, demanded a trade, and only yeah. only wanted to go to one team. L- I, a lot of reasons. I still I'm still think stunned we're by it. In a lot of blanks, all Kawhi did was get hurt, get misdiagnosed, lose trust in his medical procedure, find a doctor he trusted, and then try to get himself healthy. That's the story. That those are the the unvarnished facts from my point of view. I'm not sure he I'm got mis- ready to paint a brush. I'm not sure he got misdiagnosed. I'm not sure he got misdiagnosed. The story I heard. He thinks so. Well, the story I heard is that he shopped around for the opinion that he liked, which a lot of guys do. But I think he saw like seven doctors. And the seventh one was like, yeah, you have this. 
What I'm curious about. I don't think it was he was shopping for an opinion he liked. He was shopping for the opinion that would get to the source of his injury and help him get on a, on a, a protocol to get healthy again. If it was that he was shopping for the opinion he liked, why do you think he would be doing that, Bill? Because he didn't trust Spurs. KOC's just nodding intently. <laughs> but he gave them, he gave the Spurs the right of first refusal if their medical team had diagnosed the injury and prescribed a remedy that had him back on the basketball court in a way that he felt comfortable, I think he'd still be a spur. I think he would have signed that extension. Listen, if KOC just stopped writing columns and doing podcasts and we try to help him out and we introduced him to six doctors and they are like, you're fine. You just have a, you just have the flu. And KOC's like, it's worse than the flu. And he just kept going to doctors. And the seventh guy was like, he doesn't have the flu. Actually, he we think he might have Lyme's disease, but we're not sure. Oh, oh no. And then it's like, Chris is like, you guys lied to me. I have Lyme's disease. It's like, but the other six doctors didn't say you had Lyme's disease. Like, I, this is kind of what it feels like. By the way, I'd still make you work, KSC. That's okay. The world no, needs you. I they like, need KSC like, columns I, I, I like podcasts. working. I'd want to work. Verno yeah, needs yeah. you? Yeah. But. With the emotional KSC Verno? <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean- the, the, it's almost stupid to talk about this Kawhi thing, like what happened, what didn't happen, because it's. I still don't understand what happened, and I think the Spurs are be... just flabbergasted by this whole thing. Like, well, what the fuck? Mm. You were injured. We tried to get you help, and then you you abandoned us. It's seen... when the, when the when the definitive story comes out, and I don't know who's going to write it. I'm rooting for you, KOC. Uh, I can't wait. It's this is palace intrigue of the highest order, um, and uh, under the the. Uh, you know, happening to a franchise that is NBA royalty. So that this is this is going to be a great story whenever all the detail comes out. I I am with you, House. I think I think this works out badly for Toronto. If I had to pick one of the two teams, I still think there's a chance this is a great trade for both teams. I think so too. Yeah, I'm 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 rooting for that. Um, I'm just saying history, note- but history history says it will not be a great trade for one of these two teams. I'm also, uh, I agree with you. I'm also rooting um, for the shrimp cocktail that I'm about to go have. Um, oh, God. Thank you very much for having me on. I have some shrimp to go eat. House, give us a British Open pick really quick. Oh, I, I, I have uh, I have five guys of interest. Uh, I don't always, I don't like to just give one because it's impossible. Yeah. Um, I, I like this uh, uh, player, Alex Noren. He, I talked about him on this week's Shack House. Yeah. I like. Sergio Garcia, uh, outstanding British Open record, the out- Open Championship, the people like to call it. Um, I like uh, Brooks Kepka for his down-the-middle stingers. I like the Italian Francisco Molinari. And there's one guy who I like that you may have heard of. His first name is Eldrick. His last name oh, is Wood. that's terrible. And everybody calls him by the Tiger. <laughs> That's terrible. That's my pick when, for this year's the 2018 Open Championship. When uh, when's the next Shack House? Are you doing one over the weekend or right after the tournament? Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon after the first round, we're going to be up. Chef Shockford and I giving you all the ins and outs, what we've observed, and I can't wait to tell everybody how many bets I've already lost. Great, thanks for coming on, House. Good times, thanks, boys. Bye. All right, we're gonna call my dad. One thing we haven't talked about yet, um, and I can't believe it because we're over an hour at this point. <laughs> Toronto can flip Kawhi if this doesn't work out for whatever reason, whether they can flip him in two weeks if he doesn't want to come. They can flip him 
two weeks, two weeks, two months into the season or right near the February trade deadline. Let's say Philly's doing really well. And let's say Kawhi and let's say, how about this? Let's say the Lakers are doing really well. And maybe it's heading to a point where the Lakers are saying like, you know what? Eh, We might not need Kawhi. We actually like what we have. And now Kawhi has no options. Could you flip Kawhi for the Tobias Harris and the two lottery picks the Clippers just made and a couple other things? Could you flip him to Philly if Philly's like, ah, we're ready to make a run, Simmons and Embiid? Like, he might be a better asset in February. And Toronto really likes Shea Gildas Alexander. Oh, is that I, true? I heard about the, yeah, I heard about that prior to the draft. They really liked Gildas Alexander, who the Clippers uh, traded for from Charlotte with the 11th pick. Uh, so it's interesting that may, maybe, like, you know, if you do flip Kawhi at some point, it would be to a Western Conference team when, when the Spurs, I've heard, like, would rather have avoided trading Kawhi to a Western Conference team. It'd be funny if that happens like in December, January, or February, if it's not working out for Toronto the way you would hope it did uh, with Kawhi Leonard. We've seen this happen last year too. And this is something that happens every year in the NBA. People get really happy with their team after summer league Mm -hmm. and it becomes much harder to trade. You talk yourself into, oh, well, now that we added this guy, this guy, and this guy, and oh, well, he looked great in summer league. And oh, (laughs) I really like that draft pick. He came in and worked out with us and he looks awesome. And it's just hard to make a trade. And we saw it last year with Cleveland where Kyrie's on the table and there's really no suitors whatsoever other than Denver and Phoenix sniffed around and he shut that down. And then there was nobody left because everybody else was like, no, we're good. We have our team. So you can make a case once we get to February, Portland situation goes sideways. Like who knows? There's seven teams that their situations might go sideways and if they wanted to dump Kawhi, they're going to be able to. It's a fantastic angle to think about because, we're you know, so much of the conversation with the Raptors is like, oh, you know, he's an upgrade over DeRozan. You know, he's happy. He's increases their odds at the finals for this yeah. one year at least. Maybe you can convince him to stay, you know, you know, the whole country behind him and everything else. But the reality is, it's like, or maybe they trade him for more than what they gave up months from now during the season. Because, uh, look, like with DeRozan and Lowry, it wasn't going to work towards a title and, and Masai Ujiri, uh, all indications, you know, I've heard he's always like title or busts. Like that's kind of the mindset. Uh, and it's a long journey to that. And maybe that journey is trading your franchise star, getting a better trade asset and then flipping that asset for maybe younger pieces. So maybe a little bit of retooling phase uh, to, you know, make your rise happen in 2020 or 2021. Um While still having a solid overall team opens the door with the Celtics too a little bit because I don't think there's any way they could have traded to Hayward after what happened last season. But if you played for four months and he looked good, <laughs> and the Celtics are saying, all right, thanks, buddy. We'll see you later. <laughs> and they traded him in a, a protected pick or whatever the hell would end yeah. up getting Kawhi. Need, need it was to feel a Kawhi good. fire sale. Yeah, you would need to feel good about Kawhi resigning, though, to do that with Hayward locked up long term. Or you'd feel good about maybe uh, creating the cap space with Hayward for mm-hmm. some other things you want to Interesting. do. Interesting. Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but... Uh, I think it's important to note that he might be a bigger asset in four months or five months or seven months than he is now. And that's why I thought the Spurs, you know, all along, I've thought the Spurs could drag this out into the, into the training camp or into the season because if Kawhi was forced to play or forced to return, he could restore his value, right? Yeah. He, he could come back and be the same exact guy he was pre-injury uh, and become a more sought after asset when you know what, how you can value him. Um, and maybe Toronto is a team that benefits from that or not. I mean, Kawhi could always come back and be a total shell of his former self and you're just playing out the season. The Spurs were clearly in FTG mode 
which is the acronym for fuck this guy. Yeah. They were like, fuck this guy. <laughs> and the other thing is, if you're the Spurs, we that asset might go down if he doesn't come back, if he's not worried. Like, DeMar DeRozan, two months from now, might be like shooting for the moon compared to some of the stuff that actually would have been available. So they cashed in. All right, we're going to call my dad. Let's quickly talk about a couple of Ringer podcasts, like the Dave Chang Show. Dave Chang's like a real host now. I don't know if you've listened to this. He went from being afraid to tape the intros and being unable to do transitions and making us edit it stuff. Now he just bangs it out. It's ridiculous. He's like Anderson Cooper. Listen to Dave Chang show. He had a two-parter with Alan Yang and he has Lena Waithe coming up. That's going to be great. You know who else is a pro? The man, the myth, the legend, Larry Wilmore. He's coming on a rewatchable soon, by the way. I don't know which one it is, but he's coming on. Black on the air. One of uh, one of our longer running podcasts, a tour de force. And then last one I wanted to mention quickly, On Shuffle, hosted by Micah Peters, which is our music podcast that we put a lot of TLC into. Latest podcast, How a Song Becomes a Viral Hit. But uh, if you love music and you love the uh, ins and outs of the whole music industry, this is a really good podcast. Check it out, On Shuffle. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever. Check them out, the Ringer Podcast Network. All right, we're going to talk to my dad. All right, my dad's on the line. Last but not least, you're here with- uh, Last but not least? What does that mean? Oh, we had a couple other guests. You're here with me and KOC. You did not want Kawhi Leonard on the Celtics. KOC advanced a theory that I had been thinking about too. I'm giving you credit because I- you mentioned it and it crystallized some information I heard. I feel like we might have the same information that the reason the Celtics were being standoffish with Marcus Smart was because the only scenario where they were going to acquire Kawhi was to put Marcus Smart in a sign and trade with the Morris expiring and some of the future picks. None of the other dudes were on the table. Would you have traded Marcus Smart, Marcus Morris, and the Kings pick and Yabaselli for uh, for Kawhi, who you think is a quitter. Would you have done that? Never in a million years. <laughs> you'd have to. You'd have to. You'd have to take my arm off and put me in that much pain <laughs> to let me even think about it. The guy's not. He's a one-year rental. I, I don't understand why teams are even in. You know, I saw the Toronto trade today, and I mean Toronto. I can kind of understand because DeRozan just seems to implode in the playoffs and maybe they've just tired of seeing that act and he's going to take this huge chance that he can convince Leonard to re-sign after one year, which I, I just don't see happening. I think he's headed to L.A. and uh, then Toronto's going to be rebuilding. I was kind of happy to see Toronto make the trade because I think they're one of our competitors in the East and I'm not convinced Leonard, first of all, I don't think, I can't imagine he's excited about this trade. Yeah. And secondly, uh, who knows if he's, if he's if he's healthy yet and what's his motivation going to be. So I was kind of happy to see that trade because Toronto's a good regular season team, but uh, they gave up an awful lot. And if I'm San Antonio, I'm, I'm really happy. I mean, I have a guy that was going to walk who quit on the team last year who knew what he would be like this year if they forced him to stay? And they're getting DeRozan, who 
at least during the regular season, is one of the top shooting guards in the league. So I thought they did very well. You were but you the, were always afraid of DeRozan. Never. You were always afraid uh, of DeRozan. Yeah, he killed us. I, you know, again, we we didn't play him in the playoffs this year, obviously. But in the regular season, boy, was he good against us. He, something happened in the playoffs. It's like he lost his confidence each year. Well, I think but, LeBron uh, sapped it from him. Yeah, I, you, I think you're probably right. But against us, he had I, he had terrific amount of confidence against us, and I'm glad we didn't play him in the playoffs because I don't think he was afraid of the Celtics. You, so yeah, would I have ever wanted Kyrie on my team? Never, never, never. And I'm glad that he's headed to Toronto and as opposed to right now going to the Lakers. So for the Celtics um, offseason, I think Milwaukee did not get better. You agree? Well, I, I have one. I, I'm going to quibble a little bit. I, I wish, you know, you and I have always liked Brooke Lopez. But he signed <laughs> $3 million. We couldn't have signed the guy for $3 million and put him out there. He's got a three-point shot. He, he's a hustler. He, he's a good teammate. Um, wow, the, I would have I would have thrown that guy on our team. And the, I think Milwaukee's better with him. Yeah, Brooke Lopez it, helps Milwaukee, but uh, but other than that, I mean, it's it's a minimal upgrade. Uh, it helps a little bit, though. I think Ilyasova to whatever Parker's upside, Parker's upside to settling for Ilyasova is a loss. I think for them, that's a, that's a loss, definitely. I, I thought yeah. Parker played pretty well in spurts against. Yeah, the road the, the home games in Milwaukee. I thought he was good. I yeah. would KOC like that contract way more than I did as a flyer. It's basically a $20 million flyer. I him. love it for Chicago. Uh, it's funny. Bucks fans hate Jabari Barker. Like they wanted him gone. Like it yeah. seems like they're not unhappy that the number two pick in the draft from 2014 is. Yeah. Walking. Don't you think that's really strange? Like yeah. you said, the number two pick in the draft and, and they seem like they, they, they brought the lift car up to his house and yeah. they drove him out of town. Well, I, I think, um, you know, they drafted him second. He was supposed to be the future of the franchise. And then Giannis just blossoms into, like, you know, the most likely next MVP that we have. Never really – and then Jabari gets hurt. It never really seemed like they could get them going. The history of the NBA says that's the kind of guy you would want to trade for or sign. Like, a top three lottery pick who, for whatever reason, did not become an asset for the team he was on. And the second well, team with, usually with benefits. one caveat, he's had ACL – on, on the same knee yeah. twice. Right. You, you yeah. just so that's, wonder about the strength of the knee. I, still a good gamble. I just didn't like the team good that gamble. he went to. Because yeah. you put him and Levine together with yeah. uh, with marketing. Like, <laughs> figure it out. I, I like everything Chicago has done. Me too. Well, you, um, you like I, offensive players. You don't. Well, offense doesn't win yeah. championships unless you're Golden State. Um, the I don't think Milwaukee got better. Um, I don't think they may not have gotten better, but did we get better? Well, hold on. Let's go through it. If we're healthy, we're better. I don't think Philly got better. I actually think that the guy they signed from Minnesota who backed out on them, who would have helped them and potentially even played some crutch time for them. And now it's basically, which guy guy backed out? How do you pronounce his name? Belika? Bejalika? Yeah. Bezilika? I didn't know Bezilika. he backed Guy out. from Minnesota. Yeah, yeah he stayed in Europe. Yeah. He was the guy. Yeah. He was like a better version oh, of Ilyasova, yeah. basically. I liked him. Yeah. When, when the Celtics played in, in Minnesota this year, that guy killed them. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he lit it up. It's funny how he played only like 10, 15 minutes per game the whole season yeah. for Minnesota. I didn't that, know he backed out. Yeah. I, I 
was sorry to see Philly had signed him, actually. By the way, the, the, the two people who That's judge all their scouting takes by how they did against the Celtics were Doc Rivers and my dad. <laughs> my dad would have signed Byron Mullins to a $5 million deal based on that one Charlotte game. But, well, I don't think that's fair, but I, <laughs> I, 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 will, I will say that if I see a guy in person, uh, any plays the years, like, yeah, yeah, I, I've been pretty accurate in my first. It's pretty fair. Of, no, I, I will give you that. I agree with that. What were you going to say, KFC? Okay. I, I was going to say I like Boston and Philly get better just from the inherent fact that their younger players the should improve. Yeah, yes. like, you know, Tatum should get better, Brown should get better, Embiid should get better, Simmons should. Uh, all those young guys should experience some level of improvement. And then for Boston, they get Gordon Hayward back after he snapped his leg five minutes into the season, and Kyrie obviously yeah, returning. I, I, so, you know. I agree with Hayward you. is the guy. Yeah, and plus, yeah. like you, you didn't, you wanted Brook Lopez, but we got Baines back, and I don't, Baines I don't know good. if it makes sense to have Baines and Lopez. Well, somebody's unhappy in lot, that scenario. But a lot of times they played. Uh, they would start the game, many games, Baines at center and Horford at power forward. And then Baines would come out and they'd move Horford. I would have liked to have seen Lopez come in for Baines. I think Horford's much more effective in most matchups at power forward. So KOC, you know why my dad is so respectful of Brooke Lopez? Because of all the Nets games we watched those two years when Brooke Lopez was like killing our pick, oh, yeah. getting doubled in these random stupid <laughs> games in February. They'd get 30 points, 12 rebounds, <laughs> they'd, they'd come from behind. Yeah. Brooke, yeah. Brooke's uh, suddenly adding a three-pointer. <laughs> oh my God. Brooke Lopez was like, the, yeah. we were the only ones who were like, wow, Brooke Lopez is just murdering our pick. <laughs> Nobody else Wait, cared. I think, I think there's one night you and I were watching NBA TV because the Nets... Uh, we're losing, and then Brooke Lopez made a three-point shot at the buzzer. They yeah. won by one point. Did, I think we're the only two people watching. I screamed that night, but I'd like him on my team. It's, <laughs> there was another one where he got like an alley-oop off an inbounds pass and scored. Like We had all these Nets losses. We were like, ah. Uh-uh. And that was like the difference <laughs> with Ben Simmons and Jalen Brown, although maybe that'll work out in the end. But um, yeah, so when you look at the East, I think – by. Philly did not get better, but the youth will get better. Boston did not get better, but they have Hayward coming back, and the youth will get better. Well, and nobody and, around them got better. Hayward, Irving didn't play in the playoffs. True, you know. And, As, and we, yeah, you know, people forget that. I mean, we we took Cleveland to a seventh game without Irving, also. And Dad, what about the Wizards it. with Dwight Howard? <laughs> I, every time I hear Joe House on your podcast. I, I really think inside he's screaming. <laughs> Dwight Howard is on my team. I can't believe it. How can I root for him? And Austin uh, Rivers? I, I think he's going to implode that team and he'll get another coach fired. That coach is on the hot seat anyway, but um, I'm glad they signed him. I mean, I, I like I like what Toronto did. I like that Washington signed Dwight Howard. I like that Milwaukee really didn't get better because I think Parker made them better and now he's not there anymore. I like our position if we're healthy. Indiana? Indiana got better. That's what I was just thinking Indiana about. Indiana got yeah. better. Tyreek um, Evans, Doug McDermott, younger guys, yeah, Sabonis they, and they, Turner. I agree with you. They did get better. They. I'm not sure if they're ready to compete if we're healthy at a championship level, but they got better. I would have rather, like they added a bunch of bench guys, basically. I would have rather have seen, if I was Indiana, I would have rather tried to get one big chess piece. With the money they spent on McDermott was like seven a year. Seven, yeah. O'Quinn was four and a half. Tyreek was what? One for 12, 12, 12 and a half, maybe. 
Yeah, well, I think twelve point four million. Would have gone out all in on somebody. I mean, they could next summer. Next summer, they only have thirty-two million dollars in guaranteed money, up to forty-five inclusive total. Somebody Kyle Quinn, another one that that when you're watching League Pass is always seems better than what his reputation is. Um, I like. I always liked him on the next. I, I, I mean, he didn't get as many minutes as I thought he would have gotten. I would have liked him on our team. Yeah. The, so, Boston, Philly winners. I think. San Antonio, obviously winner. And then one other winner for us is that Kings pick. There's now a good team in the West, another team that beat the hell out of the Kings. Yet again, dad, you get to watch a shitty, shitty Western or Eastern conference team and root against them <laughs> game well, after I game. Mean, Congratulations. How much fun do we have doing? I mean, it goes all the way back to uh Len bias year when we're rooting against Seattle. Yeah. Now we get to root every night. And unfortunately it's a West coast team. So I'm up at one o'clock trying to hope that they're losing. But <laughs> is this the year that the uh, this is the year the new odds go into effect for the lottery, yeah, right? Yeah, yep. ping pong balls. KOC doesn't like the draft though. Oh, yeah, then, it's not a great draft. Are there one or two really good studs, and not really? Yeah, R.J. Barrett is the top prospect, the Canadian prospect. He's like a six foot eight wing. He's at um, Duke. He, yeah, who would you compare Duke. him to? Um. Hmm. Let's let's compare him right now to the guy who's just traded today, Demar Derozan, but like a, a six eight Demar Derozan, yeah, with, with defense and the passing ability, right? Mm. Like he can create off the dribble, he can pass like Derozan did last year, but he can also defend. It's really about what level the jumper reaches. Um, right now, he's you know he needs to extend his range like any teenager does, but he does a lot of things well on the floor, and he can really create and get to the line, uh, draw fouls, finish at the rim. There'll be he's there'll, nice. there'll be another dude that materializes though. This always happens. Yeah, There's always course. a second guy yeah. that blossoms. Yeah. Can, can I take a quick opportunity to say something about KO, KOC? Yeah. Last time I saw him, he was trying to find a seat at the Garden for a game. He, he didn't have a selected seat. He, and now he's a Hollywood star. He's, got, <laughs> he's in videos. People are shouting out his name at the Las Vegas Summer League. Uh, You're proud I, of I him. Think, this is emotional. I, I, think, I think he's probably ready for a big raise. He's... he's uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, he's become a ringer star. Uh, I don't know you, about that. He's one of your favorite well, reads. Yes, one of my favorite reads. Thank you, Doctor. Forget, Bill. forget <laughs> Zach. Well, I now read Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Oh boy. You still <laughs> read Zach Lowe. We yeah, still yeah, love yeah. Zach Lowe. I still, yeah, I still Zach's like Zach the man. Lowe. Yeah. No, I, that <laughs> was a good Bill. good monologue. <laughs> yeah, you. he's Doctor Bill's proud of you. He remembers you yeah. when you were you were this twenty five year old kid going to Celtic games. Living in Brockton. Sitting next to shout me with out, his dad to when you were up there with Jimmy Kimmel. Now, now he's now, now he's he's due for a raise. I already said it. <laughs> now he's hanging out Renegoti- with nephew. Time to renegotiate. <laughs> now he's now he's with nephew Kyle on Friday nights. Dark room. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got a nephew Kyle. Kyle. You, no, no, don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does he does he have to listen to that? Tape message on the car machine. Oh no! Wait, oh, no. Wait, what's, what's the story? No, we're not talking about okay. that story. <laughs> Maybe after the fight. My hear dad's it. coming in hot today. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> we we had to we have to wait a full year. We're gonna tell that story on the anniversary uh, of the Masters next year. Kyle, I tell that story to everybody. You mean I'm not supposed to tell people? No. Oh, I'm sorry. All my family knows about it. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Kyle, are you single? It's unclear. Uh, it's unclear. unclear? Wow, breaking. Unclear. Oh, boy. 
Do they have that as a Facebook status? Do people still use Facebook? It's, it's, it's called It's Complicated on Facebook. Well, oh, that's what it is? I'll probably be single, I guess. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, Come on. Oh, no. Unbelievable. Uh, do you want to say goodbye to Manny Machado before we go, Dad? Well, you're going to get to see him play, it sounds like, aren't you? So that should be enjoyable. It's nice to have him out of the American League. Nice to have him out of the American League. He always hits well against us. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised. Magic Johnson seems to have his foot, his uh, handprint in a lot of big signings, doesn't he? And <laughs> that's a good place for him to go. And they may even have a chance to re-sign him. Um, before you go, we talked about the greatest star for star trades, which were not allowed in NBA history. I'm just going to give you the list quick, and you can tell me what you think the best one was. Kid for Marbury, DJ for Westfall, Sean Kemp for Vin Baker, C. Webb for Richmond. Kyrie for Isaiah Thomas, the Busher for Bellamy, Allen in a first for GP, Dantley for Aguirre, T-Mac for Francis, Bernard for Michael Ray, Iverson for Billups, Dominique for Danny Manning, and then today Kawhi for DeRozan. What do you think was the biggest of those trades? You were alive for all of them. I think Kawhi for for Thomas for me, actually. Um, Kyrie for Tom, for Isaiah, you mean? No, for uh, Kyrie for Isaiah Thomas, yeah. Um, just because I, Isaiah had such a tremendous, tremendous year and nobody knew he was going to come back that hurt. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he, he was a superstar for that year before he got hurt in the play or before the playoffs. And Kyrie is obviously a superstar and you rattled off all the others too quickly and I'm old. I couldn't really <laughs> yeah. keep up with you. So I'm going to go with Kyrie and uh, Isaiah. And then with Isaiah, like Dr. Bill, remember, remember that night in the garden, the 53 points for Isaiah Thomas, the emotion yeah. like that. I, yeah. I don't remember ever being in a louder arena than, than that night. I, it was I agree electric. with you. That was as loud as it gets. And, it, and when I hear, when I remember that scene and that being there and I feel badly again for Isaiah, mm-hmm. it just, the way the whole thing went down, he's signing a $2 million contract. Uh, it's just so sad to have watched how that progressed or transpired. But that night, boy, it was a lucky night to be there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's got to at least factor in a little bit with this Kawhi thing. I don't know if he'll ever admit it. You know, we talked about all the different opinions. We made jokes about it, but I think the Isaiah Thomas thing was a real factor. Like when I think everybody in the league saw that and said, wow, that guy just lost. I don't think he would have gotten a hundred million, but I think, I think what did Kyle, Kyle Larry sign for? Like three for 87. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that was realistic Around 30 for per. Yeah. yeah. I think he yeah, could have gotten he, like he, three for 80 yeah. short term deal, big, big money. Deal, I do yeah. too. Yeah. And now he's two million and he's trying and he's not even, I don't even think he's going to start on this uh, team. So I don't know how he regains his value or some kind of value to get a long-term contract. He's got, just a shame. He's got to do what he did and for the Kings. As KOC said, that 63-point, that night was special. Yeah, You know, um, him on Denver, I did I did really like that fit for him. If, if he can get his body I, I like, back, that's a great yeah. team for him. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're a good team. They have a starter, though, in front of them, don't they? Yeah, they have uh, Jamal Murray and Gary Harris for yeah, a start Jamal, ahead of yeah. him. So it's like maybe I say it doesn't even close, or maybe you go offense defense and have him in there for you know half the possession. Right. But that's hard with the timeouts and all that. And that's like, hard. Yeah. yeah, you have it's hard to to get a big contract if that's 
going to be your 82 game situation. He needs to yep. be a star within like a six man role, like he was in Sacramento, starting half the games. If he does that and he stays healthy, who knows? He gets paid uh, something nice next yeah, summer. Yeah, I agree. If he stays yeah. healthy, well, right? I'm yep. rooting for him. If he has it back, and they're spreading the floor with him and Jokic and Jamal Murray and a couple of the swingmen they have. Yeah, they could play a three guard lineup or put Harris out there. That actually would be really fun to watch yeah. him with some of those weapons. A lot of offense. I it just, would, yeah. I might, my bet would be that I don't, I don't know if that injury comes back. I don't like the it, history of it. I don't, his size. And, you know, we always talked about the athleticism that he had was so unique for how, for his size and the, even losing 10% of that is such a difference for him. You yeah. Know? That 10% is the difference of him going into, into the trees and, doing his yeah. special things under the basket. Yeah. That, that's like, uh, he really wasn't able to do that last year. That's the thing that gets overlooked with Isaiah Thomas. It's like he is an elite athlete, right? To be his height, five foot nine, five foot ten, and be able to score and get to the rim like he does and absorb contact and, and draw fouls and actually finish through contact. It's because he's an elite athlete for his size. Yeah. You don't have to dunk to be an elite athlete. Um, Hopefully, well, hopefully he can be 85, 90%, because then he can still be a good six-man for the foreseeable future if he gets back to that level and stays healthy. Beyond what you just said, the fearlessness that he had, I don't know if that comes back. Because well, I, I think he's always got it. What was scary about watching him when he was on your team was it was just like, it always felt like he was going to get hurt. He's this little guy flying into the lane and he go <laughs> careening into the basket support or the cameraman and... I think it always, always felt like there was a it. shelf life. I think that's who IT is as a guy. He's always been that guy. Like his, when he came out of the draft, his, you know, uh, saying that he has like stay paranoid, right? Yeah. Because like there's somebody always trying to take your job in the league. Someone always coming for it. Uh, you always, you can never become complacent. Um, and I, I don't see Isaiah ever losing that chip on his shoulder. He's always had it. Uh, whether, whether, whether he's 50% of what he was or 75 or 90%, I think he's always going to have that mentality. Yeah. When you have a hip that you're kind of worried about in the back of your mind, it reminds me of the when uh, Rondo got hurt in the playoffs, and um, I don't think he ever was the same. I don't think, you know, we we used to talk about how great he was going to the basket, fearlessly uh, getting propelled or put, making great passes or shooting, and uh, he was never the same after that injury. So. He certainly we'll didn't like getting fouled. Uh, we're going to wrap it up, but before we go, do you have a British Open bandwagon that you're jumping on? Or is it is it the one I'm going to probably be able to guess? <laughs> well, t- Tiger really likes these length courses. <laughs> <laughs> you're so predictable. <laughs> House thinks he, House think he, thinks he has a chance. You know, I just want to see him win again. So, and he does, this is a weird course from what I've been reading this morning. Uh, it's like they, they're they going to be using irons most of the week, it looks like. So, my pick is Tommy. It changes things, don't you think? My pick is Tommy Fleetwood. I think he's ready. Tommy Fleetwood? Yeah, I've been on his bandwagon since we saw him at the Masters. And uh, and I just think he's ready. And he's it's on his territory. Right, we'll see. We'll see we'll what see. happens. Good luck with Tiger. Dad, thanks for coming okay. on. Always a pleasure. Uh, All right. KOC, this was fun. Thanks for thanks for making the time. Nephew Kyle, there's other fish in the sea. You'll be fine. We'll get through this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks to uh, ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to check them out at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to Gillette. Remember, Gillette offers a variety of shaving products for every guy, regardless of his personal style, skin needs, or budget, whether you want three blades or five. 
the Gillette 3 and Gillette 5 razors have you covered all under $10, high performance at a low price. Get Gillette Performance delivered to your door. Find Gillette 5 at GilletteOnDemand.com. Subscribe today. Don't forget to go to TheRinger.com for all of our Kawhi Leonard takes, pieces, information, everything we got going there. TheRinger.com, also the greatest trailers. Back later in the week with more. Thanks to House. Thanks to my dad. Thanks to Shea Serrano. Thanks to Kevin O'Connor. See you Friday.